God's good. Going to turn tonight to uh, Luke chapter 15, a very familiar portion of scripture. Uh, Luke chapter 15, and we're going to read three verses there. And Luke chapter number 15. And uh, what man of you having a hundred sheep, if he lose one of them, doth not leave the ninety and nine in the wilderness and go after that which is lost until he find it? Then verse number eight, either what woman having ten pieces of silver, if she lose one piece, does not light a candle and sweep the house and seek diligently till she find it? And then verse number 11, he said, a certain man had two sons and the younger of them said to his dad, father, give me the portion of goods that falleth to me. And he divided unto them his living, his living. I feel the Holy Ghost. I feel the Holy Ghost here tonight, and, and uh, I want to preach to you for a while on this subject, the cry for prodigals. Cry for prodigals. Now, let me clarify something, that we have the story of the prodigal. No, no, let, let's pray. Let's pray. Jesus, I love you. Worship you. Honor you. Thank you for the worship. Thank you for the people of God that's here. I open my heart, my spirit to you tonight, Lord. God, I give myself to you consecrate myself dedicate myself to you lord god i ask you today to reach down and minister in this service remainder god let the will of god be accomplished baptize us afresh with a burden and we'll love you and thank you for it in jesus name jesus name you can be seated a while ago is god started dropping this message into my spirit and i began to work on it and i went to look for the word prodigal and we use prodigal for the third one in there uh, in, in uh, Luke chapter 15. The young man left and he's called the prodigal son. But the word prodigal in itself in the English language, and really it came from a Latin word that means identical, the same thing. It means wasteful, wasteful living, uh, wasteful expenditures, uh, wasting that which we have, whether it's money, whether it's stuff. No matter what it is, it's taking that what we have and wasting it. And so as I began to think on that and begin to study it a little more, I come to realize that, that not only the guy that's in the pig pen is a prodigal, but many times in my Christian life, I have used my inheritance and what I have from God as a prodigal. I've wasted the anointing. I've wasted what God's given me, the blessings and the anointing. Also, have you heard this, no doubt, many times preached from here, amen, the lost sheep and the lost in the house and, and the prodigal son, and we've, we've heard them all and we preached them all, and we'll do it again and again and again and again. But, but tonight, amen, as I minister the word of the Lord to you, I want you to understand that I'm not only preaching to you. But I believe that when the apostolic man of God or a woman God begins to minister the word of God into the spiritual realm, that it goes beyond the building we're in. It goes into the atmosphere outside and around about us. And I want you to know, amen, that I want, the, I want hell to know and I want the backslider, the one that's not in church to know that there's a church in Augusta that loves them. There's a church in Augusta that cares for them. Church in Augusta that will not beat them up. 
Hey, man, we'll not, we'll not poke them. We'll not make them come in the church and, and do penance and, and come down the center aisle on their knees, amen, to get to the altar. But there's a church with arms open and a door open and a pastoral team and a church family that loves them with a passion, amen, and wants to see them in the church of the living God. Hallelujah. But I also want you to understand tonight, it could be you tonight, that, that not only the one that's out in drugs, not only the one that's in alcohol and immorality has wasted what God's given them, but I know people that stayed in the church and they never left. They came to church on Sunday and on Wednesday. They might have even came on prayer meeting night. They probably maybe even taught Sunday school, maybe ushered, amen, maybe paid their tithes and gave the missions and all of that, amen. And so they were faithful in that part. Pastor didn't know. Maybe their spouse didn't know. Their family may not know. The church family didn't know. But they in themselves knew that they had drifted and they weren't where they used to be with God. Can I tell you tonight, amen, precious saint of God, please don't wait until hell gets a hold of you with an addiction. Amen. If you find yourself drifting, if you find yourself losing your way, don't be embarrassed. Don't be ashamed. But make your way to an altar. Amen. Call someone and get a hold of them and ask them to pray with you and help you through it. I have a very close friend of mine that amen, was in a church in Atlantic Canada. Amen. He is serving God again now. But as, 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 as he was a board member, he drove Sunday school bus. He was a great guy. Him and I worked together. Man, he went back to school to get a better education so he could get a better job. And, uh, and while he was uh, in back in college again, he backslid, left his home, left his family. He met his wife, his little boy that he had prayed for, left them and backslid and got his life all messed up. His pastor that he had at the time, him and I were talking one day about it because he knew my relationship. The pastor looked at me and he said, Mel, he said, I missed it. I missed it. I missed it. I said, why? What happened? He said, it was a Sunday night and he was home and he testified on a Sunday night. I asked him to testify and he stood and he said, I'll never forget. And he said, I don't ever want to backslide. I don't ever want to go back out in the world. And he said, why well, missed? It was a cry from his spirit. It meant that he didn't want to go in the direction he was being pulled. Can I tell you today, amen, if you're having a problem and you're having a situation and you're battling with something in your life, please, please, please don't let hell get you. Don't find yourself token up. Don't find yourself in a bed of immorality. Don't find yourself outside the ark of safety. Amen. Before you come to yourself if that's where you're at now amen I can tell you we want you to come back but oh hear me on this Sunday night you don't have to go there I said you don't have to go there you don't have to go there amen we love you we care for you JT Pugh amen an elder in our fellowship that's gone on to his award now he said that one time that he was preaching amen and he said he'd get done preaching and gave the altar call and he said he went to the altar he said i had wore myself out i had poured myself out and he said after i preached i went to the altar he said people came and said pastor would you pray with me would you pray for this and he said i kept saying no no that's okay no not yet i can't do it I can't do it and he said i stayed there until i broke through 
into the realm of prayer that I needed to. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I was with a preacher just a few weeks ago, just not so long ago. And he told me, he said, Mel, it was on a Sunday morning, Easter, or Pentecost Sunday of this year. He said, we had a special speaker. And he said, I was on the platform, not on the platform. I sat in the front pew. And he said, uh, he said, and I, my mind wasn't on the service. He said, I, I was raising my hand and I was doing it and I was going through the motions. But he said, Mel, my hand, my mind wasn't on the motions. I wasn't on what was going on. He said, everything was there, clouding my mind and getting a hold of me. But he said, there in the midst of the service, I can't remember exactly all that happened, but all of a sudden he turned his heart to God. And as a pastor of that church, he said, I reached out to God. And all of a sudden, joy flooded my soul like I hadn't felt it in years. Oh, hear me on this Sunday night. I come by to preach to someone. I come by to tell you there's a God that knows where you're at. There's a God that knows the battle you're in. The God that knows the trouble you're in. The God that knows the situation and he doesn't want you to be lost and he loves you he loves you he loves you he loves you he really does jeremiah chapter number 31 man in verse number six says for there shall be a day that the watchman upon the mount ephraim shall cry arise ye and let us go up to zion unto the lord our god in verse number seven, it says, For thus, thus saith the Lord, sing with gladness for Jacob, and shout among the chief of the nations, Publish ye, praise ye, and say, O Lord, save thy people, the remnant of Israel. Hear me. Amen. Please hear me. First UPC of Augusta. Amen. If those that used to be here, if those that were at this altar, and, and they're your pastor, held them in their arms a baby and dedicated them to the Lord. Amen. If those people were back here tonight in church, you would have to build a new building. I said you would have to build a new building. The people that's been baptized and filled with the Holy Ghost and around throughout the streets of Augusta and surrounding area, if you could get them here. Amen. Can I tell you, this building wouldn't hold them. And I've got news for you. I said I've got news for you. There's a revival of the backslider. There's a revival of the backslider that God's bringing home again. Oh, yeah. Watchman upon the Mount Ephraim. Man, who is a watchman anyway? Man, who is a watchman? And oh, we're famous for saying this a pastor. And yes, he is a watchman for the church. The Bible tells us that he has to give an answer to God. And when someone loses their way and they turn and leave the church, when your pastor goes to prayer, I can tell you I've been there. I know what it's like. You go through in your mind, your thought, what could have I done different? What did I miss? Because there's something in the heart of the church, in the pastor, amen, is a watchman for the church of a living God. Oh, yeah. Tonight before service, I heard, amen, Brother Rick Stoops in the prayer room praying. We were praying beside each other. I heard him as he prayed for the will of God. But he didn't stop there. He prayed for the elders that are here. He prayed for the saints of God. He prayed for the people that's faithful that's been here. And before the service ever started, your watchman went to eternity on your behalf and prayed for you. And that is the job of the church. Amen. The pastor, yeah, that is his job. 
uh, amen, but in your home, mom and dad, amen, you're the watchman. Parents, you're the watchman for your family. You're the watchman for your family. How sad it is that we work so hard that we can give our kids stuff, that we can give them nice stuff, we can give them toys, we can give them iPads and iPhones, and we can give them Samsung. We can give them all the toys there is because hey, we don't want them to have it tough. How sad it is that they can spend hours and hours and hours on the toys that we give them. But never one time do we go to God and accept our responsibility as a watchman of our family. How long's it been since you rolled out of bed in the middle of the night and laid upon your face on the floor? Amen. And interceded for your backslidden kids, your backslidden family members. Amen. Come back the next time I come and I'll be nice. But I want to challenge you tonight. Amen. In the church of the living God we need to be baptized afresh with a burden for lost humanity like never before like never before like never before yeah parents grandparents our daughter Palma she's a friend to several of you when we were pastoring in Mars Hill Maine and Palma was around 15 she went through a little rough time and and I, I, I don't know I don't she didn't go too far because we knew where she was at. And if you let your kids stay with anyone, I won't go. Yes, I will. Amen. I'll just meddle. If you let your kids go anywhere and stay with anyone, you need to be embarrassed and ashamed. You need to know where your kids are at at night when they lay their heads down. Amen. You need to be able to trust where they're at. But I don't know what all she was going through. Pam was working at the bank and, and I was at the church. And, and, I, and I remember day after day after day, I get up in the morning, go to the church for early morning prayer come back over to the house before Pam went to work. And then at school time, I'd take Palma to school, take her down to school, and, and then I'd come back, amen, and go into our home. I had an anointing oil bottle there, and I'd go up to her bedroom. I'd anoint the doors on her bedroom. Amen. I'd anoint the, the door little. I'd anoint the door post. Amen. A man in our church had put her own washroom in. And I anointed her washroom. I anointed her sink in the shower. I laid in her bed and wept bitter tears for my daughter. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Because I realized I might have been the pastor of the church in Mars Hill. But I was a watchman for my daughter too. Can I tell you moms and dads. Our kids need us to get a hold of God and pray for them like never, never, ever, ever before. You say they're backslid. They're gone. They're out in the world, Brother Kilhoon. Can I tell you? Can I tell you? Can I tell you? Don't stop praying. I said don't stop praying. Don't stop praying just because someone has left the church. Don't stop praying. Oh, yeah. And parents, family members were the watchmen of her family. Amen. But also the church is a watchman, watchman for the city and for the land. Amen. We need to pick up the burden, man, for our cities and for our area, for our state. Amen. For where we're at, we need to pick up the burden for it. Oh, yeah. If Maine is going to have revival, I've got news for you. It's not going to be someone from South America that's going to bring revival here. Amen. And thank God if God sends someone from South America. But if Maine is going to have revival, it's going to be because the people in Maine got a hold of God. The ministry and the church have made up their mind. We are going to have apostolic revival in our city, in our land. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Revival. Amen. Hallelujah. 
The Bible tells us to sing with gladness. Shout among the chief of the nations. Publish ye, praise ye. And say, O Lord, save thy people. The remnant of Israel. Yeah. Worship and prayer. Worship and prayer. This church has got worship down to a science. Oh, it's not a science. It's the word of God. But you've got worship down to obedience. Thank God. Amen. That just because you've got a good sized church. And you've got people with degrees and great jobs. I thank God that there's people in here that even have degrees, amen, behind their names. And tomorrow morning, they're going to go to offices and have great jobs and make good money. I'm glad that just because we got some education and just because God gave us a better t- better house in town and things have gone good for us, I'm glad that we didn't get all uppity up and lost our worship. Oh, we need our worship. I said, we need our worship. We need our worship. Amen. But the Bible tells me to worship and pray. God said, you get my burden. They need God. That's the word burden of God. They need it. And God said, you get my burden. That's what I want you to do. I want you to get my burden. I want you to get my burden. I want you to get my burden. And God said, and then I want you to worship me. I want you to worship me. Amen. I, I don't want to do this. I, I meant to ask earlier, and so I'm just going to get in trouble, but that's okay. If I get in trouble with anyone, it'll be Sister Stoops. It won't be the bishop. Eric, come and help me, would you please? Come and help me. Amen. Shane, come and help me. Come and help me, Shane. I'm going to surprise you tonight. Okay. Okay, because there's goody two-shoes over here. Okay. Come on, goody two-shoes here. Come on. I'm on Eric's side, okay? <laughs> no, no, you can have. Okay. Okay, so here, here's, a guy that's, here's a guy that's bad. I don't think he even had a bad thought in his life. Okay? Here's a guy that's bad, okay? I mean, he's, and his friend said, oh, you and his dad just doesn't know, okay? Amen? But, but here's a guy that's, he's bad. Okay? I mean, he is one bad dude. If he was a wrestler... Okay, his name would be Bad Dude, okay? I mean, he, he's, he's, he's a bad dude, okay? I, I won't tell you what all he's involved in. He's a sinner in the world, and he's a bad dude. He's messed up, okay? So here's where he's at, okay? You're going to love me, man. Get up here, okay? Behind him. And this is God. <laughs> I told you, I told you that Eric was going to love me. This is God. So here's what we want to do. We want to pray for the bad dude. (laughs) Keep your hands to yourself because I have God on my side. (laughs) And you're still afraid of... (laughs) So so here's, here's God. But the bad dude is so bad... That when we come to God and praying for him, amen, all we see is his badness. All we see is how bound he is. All we see is that when he was talking to his mom last week and she was trying to reason with him, he just hit, his dad emailed him and he deleted it. Amen. And I mean, he just, that's all we see is, 
all we see is a rebellion, all we see. So we come and we say, hey, God, you know, Shane, I mean, I'm being bad. But Shane here, God, we want you to touch him and, and draw him to you. But, but what happens to us, we can't break through to God because we're focused on the bad. So here's what we're supposed to do. We don't forget about him because we love him. But what we do, we reverse places. And so what we do, we come and say, I love you, Jesus. I worship you. You're the great I am. You're my righteousness, Lord. God, I want you to know that you are my sanctification. And I want you to know the blood at Calvary will cleanse any sin anywhere. And so what happens, we go to God and begin to praise Him, begin to worship Him, begin to lift Him up. And then when I go to God, and I connect with God, and I begin to feel the presence of God, I say, oh God, but my brother. God, God says, hey, Emil, he's on my mind too. So God and I, around here, we link arms, we link spirits. And really my prayer goes to God and God takes it on Romans said, Amen. I make pray with groanings that prayer that with groanings that cannot be uttered. And it becomes like a laser beam <laughs> that goes, Amen, to my friend. Amen. And he, he's at home. He's he's doing his thing and he's going through his stuff and, and all of that. And all of a sudden, Amen. He remembers the Sunday night he got the Holy Ghost. He remembers the night that, that someone was delivered from drugs. He remembered what it was like in camp when he was a boy. He remembered a Sunday night at camp meeting on the old campgrounds. Amen. The Holy Ghost fell. He remembered what it was like. And a loneliness gets a hold of him. And God says, come on, Mel. Let's pray some more. Amen. Let's go some more. Amen. Amen. His dad's not preaching to him. His sister's not preaching to him. His mom's not preaching to him. It's just a group of people. Amen. And God going together in intercessory prayer, going to where he's at. Amen. And he says, oh, you know what? I don't think I can live for God. You know that most backsliders want to be in church, but they don't think they can make it. They don't think they can live for God. Isn't that right? They don't think they can make it. Amen. But they want to be here. But all of a sudden, they wake up and they realize you know what the power of God amen that's why I don't have to do it by myself amen and somehow if I can get to the altar if I can get to church if I can get someone to love me if I can get someone to care I come here on this Sunday night to tell you amen stop looking at the situation stop looking at the circumstances stop looking at the bondage that they're bound with and instead amen go to your God and understand your God's bigger than all the problems. Your God's bigger than all the situations. Your God can take any situation and he can turn it around in a moment's time. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Hallelujah. Now, he's not really a bad guy. Amen. He's your associate pastor. But can I tell you, that's exactly how it works. If we can somehow get a hold of it. Oh, if I could somehow break through, amen, into the realm where God wants the church to go. 
Amen. I can become an intercessor like never before. Amen. I can become a prayer warrior like never before. Amen. I can get a hold of God on the behalf of those that's hurting and those that's lost and those that's messed up. And God can bring them in. I say God can bring them in. Amen. The Bible tells me he'll bring a remnant. They may not be much left. Amen. That might just be a piece of what they used to be. But oh, if they can get to the altar. I said if they can get to the altar. There's a God that's big enough. There's a God that's strong enough. There's a God that's powerful enough. Oh, yeah. Amen. And God said in verse 8, I will bring them from the north and gather them from the ends of the earth. Hallelujah. Will there be a revival of backsliders? You're absolutely right. Amen. I said you're absolutely right. There's going to be a revival of backslider that's going to come back to the church again. Amen. All they're waiting for and all God's waiting for is for the church to get a burden like never before. Oh, yeah. Yeah. God said, I'll bring them for me. Let me stop and, and just clarify something. I, I, I'm, I'm not real intelligent, but I know that Jeremiah 31, when it was written by Jeremiah, that it was basically at that time, man, a, a book, a letter that was written to the Jewish people about Israel. I understand that. But Paul said in Galatians that the church, that you and I, that we are the free man, that we are spiritual Israel and hear me amen I'm not here to beat up I pray for Israel almost every day the Bible tells us to pray for Jerusalem your pastor went amen a couple three years ago to Israel amen and brother Mike Cox went brother Cox brought me back a prayer saw I love the Jewish people amen with a passion but the reason the Jewish people are in the problem they're in tonight the reason Israel is in the problem they're in tonight is not the Arab world it's not Russia it's not someone else but it's because they they left. Amen. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Oh, don't get me wrong. God's bringing them back. I said, God's bringing them back. And there's going to be revival amongst them. And I thank God for it. But hear me. Do you think for one minute that God loves Israel more than he loves your backslidden son or daughter? If God's going to do what he's doing in the world, he meant to bring everything together to bring Israel back to him. He meant how much more will he organize things and bring your family members life to where he wants them to be so they'll come back to the church of a living God can I tell you amen they were dedicated to the Lord as a child they were baptized in his name they have his name I said they have his name I said they have his name they were filled with his spirit they were filled with his spirit they testified about him they lived for him and hell tricked them I said hell tricked them if you love them and you pray for them if you care for them and you reach for them if you would do anything to have them back in church I can buy to tell you you don't love them at all compared to what God loves them God has a passion I say God has a passion for them and God wants to bring them home oh yeah he wants to bring them home amen they will come with weeping they will pray as I bring them back I will lead them beside streams of water on a level path or they will not stumble because I am Israel's father and Ephraim is my firstborn son. I'm going to make it easy for them, God said. I'm going to bring them back. I'm going to make it so it's not going to be difficult for them. Amen. Because said, I'm their father and they're my son. And then verse 13, then shall the virgin, then shall the church rejoice in the dance. 
both young and men and old together. For I will turn their mourning into joy and will comfort them and make them rejoice from their sorrow. Hallelujah. Oh, come on, lift your voice, someone. Lift your voice, 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 lift your voice. Amen. Lift your voice. Hallelujah. Lord, I love you. Love you. Verse 15, then said the Lord, a voice was heard in Ramah. Amen. In lamentation, bitter weeping, Rachel weeping for her children, refused to be comforted for her children because they were not. New International Version reads it like this. This is what the Lord says. A voice is heard in Ramah, mourning and great weeping. Rachel weeping for her children and refusing to be comforted because her children are no more. When I was in Moncton as a youth pastor. I wasn't in the church a long time. Brother Grace was our pastor. There was a family in the church that had foster children. Uh, uh, Gerald and Iona had foster children. They had a little boy. His dad worked for the city. And they were having domestic problems in the home. And he was placed in, in, in the Chamberlain's home for a while as a foster child. Amen. Gerald and Iona brought them to church. Amen. Brought him to church. And just, just a young boy, probably a little small guy, but he was probably 12 years of age. Maybe 11, somewhere in that. And he got the Holy Ghost. And amen. He was shouting and dancing and talking in tongues. And then all of a sudden he stopped after about 20 minutes and he started crying uncontrollably. And we asked him what happened. I think his name was Joel. He said, what happened? He said, how can I be excited? How can I, how can I shout? How can I be excited? I've got the Holy Ghost. But my mom and dad are lost. My mom and dad are lost. My mom and dad are lost. Tears run down his face as we tried to explain to him. And I want to tell you tonight, amen, yes, as Christians, we understand that we need to carry the burden. But when we carry the burden, we also need to understand there's a peace and a joy that God can give us in the midst of it. Otherwise, we will break underneath of it all. But oh, hear me tonight. Amen, there's something wrong when all we want to do is rejoice and we don't ever want to intercede. We don't ever want to pray. God forbid that I would intercede for my teenage daughter when she was 15, but my teenage granddaughters, I wouldn't intercede for them. God forbid, amen, that I would intercede, amen, for my family when they didn't know God. But now, at 68 years of age and retired from a full-time job, I would waste my time, amen, playing games and doing other things and not get a hold of God for my family and for my city and for my church. God forbid and baptize me with a burden like never, ever, ever before. Like never before. Amen. Hallelujah. I've got to stop. In January the 20th, 1980, and I don't like to use my personal testimony, but I, I was one time wayward and backslid and away from God. At 14 years of age, Brother Eric, 
God called me to missions at 14 years of age at a little country church in New Brunswick, Canada. And at 16, he called me to Bible college and, and I backslid and I'm not proud of that. I'm not, that's something that I brag about. Amen. But I wanted to live for God. Oh, times I got angry and fought with my mom and dad and fought with my family members. But when I was alone, I missed the church. I wanted to be in church so bad, but didn't think I could make it. Didn't think I could do it. At 17, I came back in for a little bit, filled out an application for Bible college and then backslid. Man, and then there I was. Pam and I, in the world, we were successful. Oh, we weren't wealthy or anything. We had a new home, two new cars, middle-class people. I was manager for a transportation company, and our biggest contract with Coca-Cola Canada. My wife was up in the banking system. Amen, things were going good for us. We went where we wanted on there, but there was an emptiness inside of us. There was an emptiness inside of us. Amen. Amen, but before I went inside as manager, I was running an 18-wheeler, a 22-wheeler, running a long haul. And my uncle pastored in Fredericton, New Brunswick, Brother Waldo Dudley. Pam's brother Merlin and his wife went there and some other people that I knew. And sometimes, many times, I would leave on a Sunday, amen, with that, with that Western Star. And I'd head to Montreal to get a load of Coke or a load of bottles. And I'd time myself so I'd be in Fredericton when church was getting out. And as Pentecostals like to do, they would go to the restaurant every Sunday night. Amen. And here I was. Amen. There I was. Sunday night after Sunday night, they'd get to the Voyager restaurant, and, and I would come in, sit there, and eat with them. But on this particular Sunday night, I don't know who was praying. If it was Pam's mom and dad. He meant it was my mom and dad. If it was a church somewhere, I don't know who it was. But in this Sunday night, hey man, I got into Montreal, into, into, uh, into Fredericton, hauled over the side, went into the Voyager restaurant, and my Uncle Waldo and Cheryl and Merle and Carolyn, a whole bunch of people was in there, sitting at a bunch of tables pulled together. They'd ordered their food. I ordered a coffee and ordered my food and sat there. And here I was. I'm glad it wasn't some Pentecostals. And there I was sitting there. I reached into my pocket and pulled out my pack of cigarettes and lit up a cigarette. Amen. Sitting there at the table with those people that just came from church, blowing cigarette smoke in their face. Not wanting to, not meaning to. Amen. But here I was. And all of a sudden it struck me. It struck me, you ignoramus. Amen. You have no respect. They just came from church and you're here blowing cigarette smoke in their face. And, and so I excused myself and left. I went outside and get in the truck and went up the road three or four hundred feet and hauled over to the side. A wide spot there and hauled over. I laid my head over a steering wheel. My wife didn't know. Amen. They didn't know. Amen. The preacher didn't know. My family didn't know. Laid my head over the steering wheel of that old Western Star truck. And said, God, you see where I'm at. You see my lifestyle. You see where we are. And God, I can't come off the road and live for you. But I want to. But God, if you'll get me a job. Amen. Where I can be home. Amen. On the weekends. And I can be home and be in church. Amen. I'll live for you and I'll serve you. I went to Montreal and on Monday morning I loaded, came back to Moncton and usually I had a dispatch to go right back out again. But that Monday night there was nothing there. I went home and, and Pam was surprised to see me home. I've always been a roadrunner. Amen. And, and so she was surprised and I stayed home and on Tuesday morning went in the office. Went into my, the, the owner's 
office and sit down and talk to him. And I said, he said, you're probably wondering why there's no dispatch. And I said, yeah. Well, he said, I, on the weekend, Mel, I got to thinking. And he said, I'm an accountant. I'm not a trucker. I don't know anything about trucks or dispatch or anything about it. I'm an accountant. And I got to thinking Sunday night, he said that I should... I should, have, I should have someone in here running it for me. I should have someone operating this company for me. It wasn't a big company. And, and he said, I should have someone operating it for me. And I got wondering who it was. And he said, all of a sudden it came to me, you know, Mel's a guy. So here I was in Fredericton praying, oh God, if you'll get me home, I'll serve you. And God said, okay, I'll work that out. Amen. And Moncton, New Brunswick, a big fancy home and what we called Snob Hill. God was working with a guy that owned the company. I said, Mel's the guy. I said, well, how much will you pay me? And this was in 1978 that it happened. That happened in the fall. He said, I'll give you $20,000 a year. No, it was 420800 a year. I'll give you... I'll give you a bonus twice a year, and I'll give you 23 cents a mile for your car. Pretty good money for 1978. Amen. And, and so I talked to my wife and decided to do it. But then, like most backsliders, I ran from God. Amen. I didn't serve him. I didn't go to church. Went a few times. But on January the 20th, amen, drove down Gorge Road in Moncton. Robert Grace was a pastor. And drove in Gorge Road. The story gets long, and I could spend a long time on leading up to it. But drove into Gorge Road, behauled Pam's car in the yard. Amen. Put my cigarettes up over the sun visor. Went into the church. And Brother Robert Grace preached a message. The spirit is ready, but the flesh is weak. He said, there's someone here tonight. He said, I don't know who you are. He did really. But he said, he said, there's someone here. He said, I was going to preach the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. But he said, tonight, there's someone here not only willing, but they're ready. He didn't have to preach another thing. He did. But I made my way to an altar. 25-year-old man. Amen. A Pam with me. Amen. I made my way to an altar. Amen. That night. Amen. Danny Briggs was playing the piano. Amen. Downstairs in the basement of the church church playing the piano I laid my head up against that old piano upright piano and he was beating around away with it laid my head up amen and God baptized me with the Holy Ghost and I walked out drunk amen intoxicated with the spirit of God get in the car threw my cigarettes out never had a desire never had a hunger since amen never swore since not because I'm good but because God is good and powerful and he loves the backslider he loves the wayward and he wants your children in the church of a living God I'm done no music tonight please and I know you usually do but please tonight amen I want us to pray we went home to our house in 33 Lansdowne Avenue in Riverview it was before iPhones and, and cordless phones even I'm that old I remember when we didn't have cordless phones and I remember when we had party lines so that's how old I am and so anyway, I went home, and, and Pam and I called my dad and called her dad and mom, and, and I remember seeing, and they called my dad and mom. They got on extensions in St. John, New Brunswick, where they were living. And man, I told them, Pam and I went to church tonight. God baptized us with the Holy Ghost. I told you all of that to bring you here. And my mom, who doesn't cry easy, doesn't cry easy. Man, she, that night... On the phone, her voice broke. And she said, Melvin, if you call me Melvin, 
you're in trouble. You can call me Calvin Melhoun. <laughs> you can call me anything you want as long as you talk to me. Amen. But she said, Melvin, she said, I can never picture you and Pam being saved. You can't picture me anything else. You can't picture me addicted. You can't picture me anything else. But she said, I could never picture you and Pam being saved. Just couldn't picture it. My mom was five o'clock in the morning prayer warrior. Or she was then. But she said, I never quit praying for you. Because she's rolling out of bed at five o'clock in the morning. Instead of looking at what she could see. And looking at the problems and the addictions. And looking at where we were in society. She looked to her God. Said, God, if anyone could save my boy, you can. You can. Let's stand tonight. If you're in here tonight, and you've never left the church as far as the building, but you're not where you used to be with God, you've drifted away. You don't have that relationship with God you used to have. The joy that you've had as a new first newborn child of God is not there. Amen. I came tonight to preach to you. I tell you, God wants to renew that joy. If you're here tonight and you're someone that drifted, and you drifted away from God, and you woke up one day and then realized you were bound, you really didn't plan it, didn't intend it. I'm here to tell you that God is here and he came looking for you but if you're a prodigal in a state of rebellion you chose to walk away from the church i want you to know the bible says that the father saw him a great way off even though even though he didn't see where he was at and that was in the natural he saw him on his way home and i came tonight to tell you there's a god that loves you and has his eye on you and longs to have you come. Amen to the ark of safety. Who is it, mom? Who is it, dad? Who is it, son or daughter? Who is it? Who is it, child of God that you're thinking of right now? Who is it that you're thinking of right now that used to serve God, but now they're not? And there's something in your spirit that's saying, I'd love to see them back in church. Perhaps you're a young person. and You used to have a Sunday school teacher, but the Sunday school teacher is not serving God now. He backslid, or she did. And you remember when they taught you about God, about the Holy Ghost. Amen. And your heart breaks for them. Can I tell you, there's a God that knows where they're at. And a God that knows how they feel. Amen. And I can tell you that they wish... They were back in church again. Hear me. But if you're here tonight and, and you've never made your way to an altar, if you've never been a Christian of any kind and you've never been in the church, can I tell you that Jesus loves you enough that he came and went to Calvary and died for you that you could have life and have it more abundantly. I'm here to tell you tonight that this God that I'm preaching about that loves a backslider, he loves you. If you make a mistake and fail, he'll love you. If you try and you make a mistake next week, he'll be there to help you up because he loves you and he cares for you. He loves you 
and he cares for you. This altar is open tonight. Someone here tonight, no, someone, but many people here tonight, amen. There's a backslider, there's a prodigal that's on your spirit right now. Hallelujah. 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 Come on, church. Come on, church. Amen. I'd like to see someone lift their voice. If you know someone in here tonight and, and they're a backslider, put your arm around them and tell them you love them. Don't embarrass them. Don't shame them in any way. But just let them know that if they want to come to the altar, that you'll pray for them, that you'll be there. You'll be there for them and you'll be there with them. Come on, would someone lift their voice in intercession? If you've never had the Holy Ghost, if you've never had the Holy Ghost, amen, if you're bound by addictions, amen, if you're bound by habits that you're not proud of, I can buy tonight to tell you that God loves you and God cares for you and God desires to give you the power and the strength. Come on, I'd like to hear some intercessors, some moms and dads. How long has it been since you interceded? How long has it been since you interceded? How long's it been since you interceded? How long's it been? Come on, Mom, you can pray the man. Dad, you can pray the man. You can pray the man. You can pray the man. Thank you, brother. Oh, come on. Amen. Think of someone. Think of someone. Think of someone.